Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from dirty dynasties to dank dexterity, and today we're talking about... Druids. We're doing moon and spore druids. Yes. So we're talking about druids today. Yeah. Right? We're talking about the spore and the moon druid. And before we dive into the specifics, we're going to go over just the generality of what a druid is. I know you know. I know you know I know. And we know mm-hmm. the audience probably knows. But we don't know. This might be someone's first episode. So and I know that you it. know that I know. <laughs> it's true. And so, I know that they know that I know. All right. Up, druids. YouTube and, and podcast world. Druids revere nature above all. Gaining their spells and other magical powers either from the force of nature itself or from a nature deity. Many druids pursue a mystic spirituality of transcendent union with nature rather than devotion to a divine entity, while others serve gods of wild nature, animals, or elemental forces. The ancient druidic traditions are sometimes called the old faith, in contrast to the worship of gods in temples and shrines. Druid spells are oriented toward nature and animals, the power of tooth and claw, of sun and moon, of fire and storm. Druids also gain the ability to take on animal forms, and some druids make a particular study of this practice, even to the point where they prefer animal form to their natural form. Whether calling on the elemental forces of nature or emulating the creatures of the animal world, druids are an embodiment of nature's resilience, cunning, and fury. They claim no mastery over nature. Instead, they see themselves as as extensions of nature's indomitable will. Though their organization is invisible to most outsiders, druids are part of a society that spanned the land, ignoring political borders. All druids are nominally members of this druidic society. Though some individuals are so isolated that they have never seen any high-ranking members of the society or participated in druidic gatherings. Druids recognize each other as brothers and sisters. Like creatures of the wilderness, however, druids sometimes compete with or even prey on each other. At a local scale, druids are organized into circles that share certain perspectives on nature balance and the way of the druid. So circles, is there like their their version of society revolves around these circles, right? Yeah, and I think like part of this divide between like a, the way druids are religious and the way like a cleric is religious really reminds me of like the old uh, dichotomy of like the pagan ways versus like the rise of Christianity through Europe. But again, yeah. I have been listening to the history of Rome very extensively <laughs> lately. So I, I it's picture, on the mind. Picture more nomadic stuff where you run into like, oh man, you're you're a moon circle guy, huh? Like, yeah. That's you, isn't it? <laughs> that's you cool, know. bro. You know, yeah, slow <laughs> yes. talkers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I looked at the definition of nature because 
No, okay, I, th- yeah, I, th- yeah, I, think no, it's, I think it's relevant and important yeah. because uh, nature can, it means well, go ahead. Well, yes, it means that it's the phenomena of the physical world collectively, including plants, animals, and uh, landscape and other features and products of the earth, as opposed to humans or human creation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think in this case, you know, humans being the humanoids or whatever, sure. you know, absolutely b- beings. Yeah. Uh, wherever we're going to quantify. It also says the basic or inherent features of something, especially when seen as characteristics of it. That's not where we're leaning here when we're talking about druids. Um, because I was thinking, like, if, like, man mm-hmm. is a product of nature. True. And there are products of man, mm-hmm. like, by association, you're mm-hmm. going to have nature just be the things that exist in your reality or whatever as perceived. But that's mm-hmm. not the case. Uh, like, I according mean, to this it's, definition. Yeah. It's more of a philosophical question. Yeah. But we're not talking about that today. We're no. talking about druids. Specifically, we're going to start with the Circle of the Moon Druid. Yeah. The most popular probably druid to run because they're so goddamn powerful. They are strong. I'm going to drink this water before we start. And I'm going to, I'll just say, because there's that feature with druids where they don't like to touch metal. Yeah. <clears throat> it's was, less of a feature and more of a, like, a fun role play thing you could do now. Right. It's like a mental block, almost. Right. It's like, well, if it's all nature, though, bro, everything's connected. <laughs> okay. No, so druids of the circle of the moon are fierce guardians of the wilds. Their order gathers under the full moon to share news and trade warnings. They haunt the deepest parts of the wilderness where they might go for weeks on end before crossing paths with another humanoid creature, let alone another druid. Changeable as the moon, a druid of the circle might prowl as a great cat one night, soar over the treetops as an eagle the next day, and crash through the undergrowth in bear form to drive off a trespassing monster. The wild is in a druid's blood. So... At level two, when you can take this circle, you gain the feature combat wild shape. When you choose this circle at second level, you gain the ability to use wild shape on your turn as a bonus action rather than as a full action. Additionally, while you're transformed by wild shape, you can use a bonus action to expend one spell slot to regain 1d8 hit points per level of the spell slot expended. So again, it gears you towards fighting in your wild shape form versus being a spell slinger. Right. That's limited by a CR rating, right? That you can choose like. To oh, your wild, wild shape. shape I'm, about, I'm about to get into that because yeah, that's okay. the next feature you yeah. get at this level. So you also get the feature called circle forms. The rights of your circle grant you the ability to transform into more dangerous animal forms. Starting at second level, you can use your wild shape to transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as one. At level two, that's pretty dang high. Yeah. You ignore the max CR column of the beast shapes table but you must abide by other limitations there. Starting at sixth level, you can transform into a beast with a challenge rating as high as your druid level divided by three. So at level six, you can finally turn into a challenge rating two. And basically from then on, it becomes one third of whatever your challenge of your level is. That's the challenge rating you can hit. So I think at level 20, that maxes at level uh, challenge rating six. Yeah. But I, you can I, cha- change infinitely. I think at level two, <clears throat> not talking about multi-class, I'm talking about starting out with your character only having two levels. This is one of the most front-loaded things in the game. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's, yeah, That's if bonkers. If you're doing like a, a one-shot and it's like a level two or three, a moon druid is a great choice. Yeah, you're going to be doing all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. Obviously, you're going to have to talk to your DM about what animals you've seen mm-hmm. or whatever. But usually there's a general consensus that you are a druid and you've seen many animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what's local yeah. to you and yeah. where you've been and where you are now. Right. There, there's going to be few limitations versus like in Super Quest Saga, we have a lot of limitations because of the nature of yeah, we're the playing campaign. A, a sci-fi but, game. We have to record a certain way. I also reward him with way more powerful uh, monster uh, transformations. Yeah, it's limited, but it gets to scale a little harder. Yeah. And so you can find these monsters where? In the back of the monster manual? That's where they are? Uh, Yeah, in the back of the monster manual, there's a whole list of like beasts. Yeah. But I think every once in a while, there's a monster in the actual uh, uh, manual like proper, which will have some the beast tagline yeah and then obviously not all of them are in the monster manual i think they get spread out but yeah volo's like, guide has some in the back and and all the ones with monsters usually have those at the back in the appendix yeah. if you will but at level six um you also you get your next feature it's called primal strike your attacks in beast form count as magical for the purposes of overcoming resistance and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage now this is a great feature because at level six this is when this starts to usually become a problem where your attacks stop hurting things because they're not technically magical. Yeah, I think in most campaigns we've done, level 5 is usually where this starts to kick in. Yes, magical level weapons. 5, yes, exactly. And this is also one of the prime original um, 
critiques of the Ranger Beast pet because it didn't get anything like this. Right. First. Yeah. Um, I think that's been changed now with the with the primal thing. I don't know. I have to go back over it. Oh, it's, uh, Tasha's with, with Tasha's. Yeah, yeah but, most likely yeah. they've got a lot of buffs and it probably is going that beast is scaling way better now from what I hear. It is way better. Yeah. I haven't really it, looked at it. Yeah. Probably should. We did yeah, a Ranger episode should. like right before Tasha's. Yeah. So next, uh, you get a feature at level 10 called Elemental Wild Shape. You can expend two uses of Wild Shape at the same time to transform into an Air Elemental, an Earth Elemental, a Fire Elemental, or a Water Elemental. Which, that's great, because those things are challenge rating 5. And at 10th level, I think the max monster you can turn into is a challenge rating 3. They also get these like cool abilities, like... Like, like not needing to breathe? Yeah, breathing and stuff <laughs> yeah. is like the main one. Yeah, so... <clears throat> Yeah, plus, elementals are fucking cool. Yes, and they look cool. They're, like, one of my favorite monsters in the Monster Manual, aesthetically. Right. And, like, when we think about, like, druids and nature, we think we tend to think about plants and animals, but there's also just the the prime elements are part of that as well. I like them. They're, like, mischievous creatures, I think. Um, what, typically. elementals? Yeah. They're just kind of destructive, chaotic. You yeah, know? I, I ran one in a dungeon one time mm-hmm. that was, um, he was, like, or it was, like, uh, kind of, messing with like they were chasing uh like they were doing puzzles and then chasing this thing that was fucking with them while they were doing it as an air elemental could like oh. move through doors and shit right, and it's like, right, oh, right. Fu- it would be the thing that shows up fucks up the room and then spawns leaves. some methods and then yeah. goes and then yeah they have to, that's, that's the, pretty cool the I boss like at the end so yeah. they're seeing the, the the main boss is like the whole dungeon is showing up right yeah that's was, really cool it was really fun so the final feature you get for the Moon Druid is called Thousand Forms, and it happens at level 14. You've learned to use magic to alter your physical form in more subtle ways. You can cast the Alter Self spell at will. That's cool. Alter now, Self. Yeah. Now, I think this just give this is more practical in that, like, utilitarian ways. Like, you can give yourself claws or teeth or, you know, different looks and stuff that can cause you to have different like abilities like subtle abilities but this isn't going to be a combat should thing. i read it i got it up yeah sure go for it yeah you assume uh this is i pulled it up on roll 20 so mm-hmm. alter self says you can uh assume a different form when you cast a spell choose one of the following options the effects of which last for the duration of the spell while the spell lasts you can end one option as an action to gain the benefits of a different one Aquatic adaptation, you adapt your body to an aquatic environment, sprouting gills and growing webbing between your fingers. You can breathe underwater and gain a swimming speed equal to your walking speed. You can change your appearance, you transform your appearance, you decide what you look like, including your height, weight, facial features, sound of your voice, hair length, coloration, and uh, distinguishing characteristics, if any. You can make yourself appear as a member of another race, uh, though none of your statistics change. You also don't appear as a creature of a different size than you, and your basic shape stays the same. If you're bipedal, you can't use this spell to become quadrupedal, for instance. And at any time for the duration of the spell, you can use your action to change your appearance in this way again. Um, you also get natural we- natural weapons. You grow claws, fangs, spines, horns, or a different natural weapon of your choice. Your unarmed strikes deal 1d6 bludgeoning damage, piercing, or slashing, slashing damage as appropriate to the natural weapon you choose. And you are proficient with your unarmed strikes. Finally, the natural weapon is magic, and uh, you have a plus one bonus to the attack and damage rolls you <clears> make <throat> using it. So that's going to be one action, range self. Uh, the duration is up to one hour, and it is concentration. Now, when it comes to, like, the natural weapon, that's pretty cool. But mm-hmm. you think about the level you're getting this at, level 14. You're yeah. not going to be using it that way. You're probably going to be using it like a changeling with their transformation to look however they want and maybe maybe have a few utilitarian, like... I have a tail now. I can do something with that. I have claws now. I can do something. with I that. I can swim through this moat. Yeah, or whatever. I can. Yeah, I have gills now. I'm mm-hmm. good. Yeah, stuff like that. So it's nice. it's it is really cool. And they honestly don't need more combat stuff because at this point, they're transforming into mammoths and other stuff like that. This I think is a, a functional level, utility transformation. Yeah, I think at level twenty they get infinite wild shapes. So like it's yeah, it's, it's basically thing. it's it's a really cool version of disguise self. Pretty much, so it's got way more utility than that. But. Right. Um, so, uh, anything about Moon Druids before we get into my character? Uh, what sorts of, uh, psychedelics do they do? <laughs> None. My, my character does not do any psychedelics. I just mean in general, but. Oh, all yeah. of them then. All of them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all Sorry. of them, but except for your. I'm pulling, I'm pulling out my character. Got it, yeah. got it, got it. Okay, so you ready? Yeah. So my character is an entity that, and by the way, when I design this character, they're not a character to be played as a player. This is, this is a villain. For okay. a campaign. And they are named 
the formless, for they have no name. Nice. So my idea here is that they're a changeling. And my when I was first making this thing, I was just like, wouldn't it be funny if I made a character that can, like, just, it was all just about changing and transforming. Because, you know, the moon druid transforms into all kinds of animals and stuff and elementals. But you don't get the alter self thing until, like, really high level. Yeah. So I'm like, what if we do a changeling? And then they can become whatever humanoid they want to. That's pretty cool. But I started thinking about, like, well, what would be the point, like, character-wise for this? Like... Um, what would be like, why would this person exist in this way? And I started thinking about what if there was a faction of extremist druids that truly hated civilization and wanted to wipe it off the face of the planet and return us all to our natural state, right? That's in, fucking cool. In the wilds. But one of the problems is they have a hard time infiltrating like actual society because they, they, you know, <laughs> they don't understand how it works and they hate it. No shit so about it. I pictured this character as being a changeling boy who's. Village, town, whatever, got destroyed in a war by an empire, some some big civilization. And he was taken in by these druids and then groomed and brainwashed to hate civilization in their ways, right? And basically, they wanted to use this child as a way to infiltrate into society. Okay. So rather than, like, yes, this the formless is trained in the way of nature and transforming all these animals, but their spy skills and their infiltration skills and their charming skills have also been uh, cultivated over time. And so this person will infiltrate a city, get involved into the politics, and slowly but surely sow discord until the city eats itself alive and then causes war and strife. And then the druids can move in and, like, bring people back out. Of, no, we don't need the city. Come back out to the to the villages in the wild and the forest <laughs> and whatnot. And, like, slowly dismantle... Um, like cornerstones of civilization. So I picture this. Oh man. Yeah. I picture them doing a bad job, like not a, doing oh my a, re- gosh, a no. really good yeah. job in bad locations. Well, no, I, so <laughs> what I picture here is like, so you as a party, you know, you're involved in the city or whatever. And there's always like strife going on with the politicians. And maybe there's like a, a key politician who seems to always be causing problems. Mm-hmm. And you slowly, but surely uncover this crazy plot of like, murder of the king and all this other stuff and you find out it's this dude and then like you you go to arrest him or whatever and then he transforms into a fucking crab or something or gets out and you know, that he becomes a different person and you realize what you're dealing with here isn't who isn't you know aristocrat heracles whatever whatever his name is it was like, this fucking crab it, thing it, it was the whole time. it was this formless <laughs> thing with no name oh. that can become anyone or anything at any point in time and it could be around you right now and you don't even know and listening in on your conversation it could be that dude that you trust that just gave you a job like it could be your own parent like it could be anywhere and now now you have this like this looming entity that can infiltrate any situation and cause strife for you and you don't even know it's them that's cool. Yeah. Um, this sounds like our, uh, do you remember we built a, um, I think it was a glamour bard like a mm-hmm. long time ago that was kind of like this. Mm. They were like set in with the government. That happened on this show. Mm-hmm. And it was like to. Oh, I remember. It was a, um, it, I think it was the the shadow bard, whatever that one's bard? called. It was one it's of that called. shit. It's, the, it's what Freeland's thinking about Roland for his thing. Oh, yeah, It's not yeah, yeah, Shadow. Yeah. It's, it's something along those lines. But they're like the assassin spy bard. Yes. Yeah, but he wasn't doing that. He was more like doing it for his own gains. He was working as an assassin. This person's trying to dismantle society. Yeah, this is cool. This yeah. is cool. Um, so let's see here. We, they have an 8 strength, a 14 dex, a 16 constitution, 10 intelligence, 17 wisdom, 13 charisma. What, what did I give them? So they have... Uh, 14 armor class, but that doesn't matter because they turn into monsters and shit. Um, <laughs> oh, gave them a bunch of languages so they can, they know, Draconic, Druidic, Dwarvish, Elvish, Primordial, Sylvan, in order to infiltrate more societies. Let me see here. How do I pull up actions again? Here we go. Features. I think I even, uh, their spells, I gear towards, like, all that crazy stuff, so... Their cantrips are control flames, druid, craft guidance, and gust. But their levels are charm person, speak with animals, augury, charm person at a higher level, locate object, pass without a trace, speak with plants, confusion, freedom of movement, guardian of nature, locate creature, scrying, geese, tree stride. So, like, they're about locating things and hiding things and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, let me see. Equipment, I give them a staff of charming. They're wearing hide armor. Um Actor, I give them the feat actor. So they gain a plus one charisma 
plus one to charisma, and they have advantage on deception performance checks when trying to pass themselves off as a different person. Proficiency and they can, disguise, get yeah, it. They can mimic the speech of another person or the sounds made by other creatures that they have heard. So, again, just wanting to make them the perfect, like, infiltrators. For their background, I chose Acolyte because, like, their juridic following is more like an intense extreme religion. So he has or they have been um, brainwashed into this extreme thing. So they're, they're, they're basically like this acolyte of an extreme religion. And so they get the shelter of the faithful of anyone in, within this, you know, take down society. Okay, religion. cool. I picked acolyte for my guy too. Oh, you did? For, Dang it, dude. <laughs> for like a, um, I, I've got a completely different spin on it okay. than you do though. Let me see here. Was there anything else that they get that I wanted to be specific about? No, that's, that's about it. You know, that's it. The formless, they're a villain. And, uh, I just like the idea of making a druid a villain. Cause you don't usually think about druids as villains. They're either yeah. super neutral or for good, but yeah. Uh, why am I thinking of like, when you said that I'm thinking I've seen a, like a high level druid be a villain in something. Oh really? Maybe it was like a concept I read where like a really high level, like what is the level 20 ability for druids where they like live forever and shit? Oh yeah, they get that too, yeah. But they want to dismantle, they want to take society back to zero and like just be nature all the way across the board. Yeah, it sounds a lot like what I was talking about, yeah. Yeah, but like what I'm thinking about is a way different like sort of approach to it. Because they're like an arch druid. You're like a, uh, you know. Dismantle from the inside. I'm eating the apple as the worm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. so I I like that a lot, man. That's a really cool concept. Yeah. So the formless, another nameless. I, this is my second uh, character with no name. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's like bands that can't like the song does not. It's untitled track one. Exactly. Or exactly. I think we can get ready for a short rest. Though. Let's do it. Selling a little. Or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, be sure to check out Super Super Quest Quest Saga! Saga. A future fantasy 5th edition D&D actual play podcast homebrewed and dungeon mastered by yours truly, me... Set in space. And I play in it, along with your special guest Jake and friend of the show, Josh Freeland. You can find it on YouTube, iTunes, or anywhere else you can get your podcasts. Super Quest Saga! We've returned. Indeed, we have. God damn it, Degonzo. 
I have permission to say that. I know, I know. <laughs> There's so many people that aren't going to understand what you mean when you say that. Though. But everyone on our Discord will understand yes, what I mean. So please true. join our Discord where you can meet our super cool admin, Degonzo. yeah. And he's great. And he's great. I have his permission <laughs> to say that. All right, so we are now talking about the Circle Sports Druid, yeah. which is the newest of the Druid Circles, and I'm very excited to get into it. So Druids of the Circle of Spores find beauty in decay. They see within mold and other fungi the ability to transform lifeless material into abundant, albeit somewhat strange, life. These druids believe that life and death are parts of a grand cycle, with one leading to the other and then back again. Death isn't the end of life, but instead a change of state that sees life shift into a new form. Druids of the Circle have a complex relationship with the undead. They see nothing inherently wrong with undeath, which they consider to be a companion to life and death. But these druids believe that the natural cycle is healthiest when each segment of it is vibrant and changing. Undead that seek to replace all life with undeath or that try to avoid passing to the final rest violate the cycle and must be thwarted. Totally. So that's a, that's a really interesting take. Also, when we talk about druids, we tend to talk in terms of plants and animals. And then, as we just discussed, elemental primal forces. But fungi are neither plant nor animal. They're a completely different other kind of life. And there's also bacteria. And yeah. No, no, funguses are not plants, and they're not like plants in any way, really. They grow where plants grow. That's all. That's not true. They actually grow where plants can't grow. What? Yes. I mean, I there's, mean they, grow they do also around... grow where plants grow, yeah, but like, okay. the more importantly is they can grow where plants cannot grow. They're extremely diverse. Yeah. They're, they're, they're incredible. And they just they don't function <laughs> anything like plants, but let's get into the spell, uh, the features of the circle of sports druid. So at level two, when you take the circle, you get the circle spells. Your symbiotic link to fungi and your ability to tap into the cycle of life and death grants you access to certain spells. At second level, you learn the chill touch cantrip. At third, fifth, seventh, and ninth level, you gain access to the spells listed for that level in the circle of spells, uh, circle of spore spells table. Once you gain access to one of these spells, you always have a prepare, prepared, and it doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare each day. If you gain access to a spell that doesn't appear on the Druid spell list, the spell is nonetheless a Druid spell for you. The spells are Chill Touch, which we just talked about. Not as chill as it sounds. <laughs> Blindness slash deafness. Gentle Repose. Animate Dead. Gaseous Form. Blight, Confusion, Kill Cloud, and Contagion. I like I like Kill Cloud way better than Cloud Kill. Yeah, absolutely. It says it says cloud. Kill. It's it's cloud kill. Oh yeah, it's cloud kill. Sorry, did I say kill cloud? Yeah, which is fucking cool. That does sound more brutal, does it? It sounds like a movie title. Behold my kill cloud. Kill okay. cloud volume three. It's also, a fucking anime. Also at level two, you get a feature called Halo of Spores. Mm -hmm. uh, you are surrounded by invisible necrotic spores that are harmless until you unleash them on a creature nearby. When a creature you can see moves into a space within ten feet of you, or Starts its turn there. You can use your reaction to deal 1d4 necrotic damage to that creature. Unless it succeeds on a constitution save throw against your spell save DC, the necrotic damage increases to 1d6 uh, at a 6th level, 1d8 at 10th level, and 1d10 at 14th level. So you okay. just got kind of like a, a decay aura about you, your halo of spores. Yeah. It's gross. Uh-huh. It's nasty. Baby, I can see that halo. You get another feature at level 2 called Symbiotic Entity. You gain the ability to channel magic into your spores. As an action, you can expend a use of your wild shape feature to awaken those spores rather than transforming into a beast form, and you gain four temporary hit points for each level you have in this class. While this feature is active, you gain the following benefits. When you deal your halo of spores damage, roll the damage die a second time and add it to the total. Nice. Your melee weapon attacks deal an extra 1d6 necrotic damage to any target they hit. These benefits last for 10 minutes until you lose all these temporary hit points or until you use your wild shape again. Now, this is cool. This is turning your druid into a melee combatant. Yeah. You know, it boosts your spores, which things got to be near you for, gives you temp HP so you better survive, and makes your freaking sword do fungus damage. I like this a lot. I, um, this is this is really cool. I, I like what you said about, like, the this this aura. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, we'll get there. I have ideas. I have ideas You have ideas? Right now. Okay, cool. So at level six, you get a feature called Fungal Infestation. God, that sounds gross. Um, <laughs> your spores gain the ability to infest a corpse and animate it. Oh, if a beast or humanoid that is small or medium dies within 10 feet of you, you can use your reaction to animate it, causing it to stand up immediately with one hit point. The creature uses the zombie stat block in the monster manual. Cool. It remains animate for one hour, after which it collapses and dies. So you have minions, and that's super cool, and I love it. I'm going to find the zombie. It's like the cordyceps you're... virus or cordyceps fungus. Is that the one that? Uh, it's the one gets that takes the over snail? ants and, and oh, this is yeah, the ant one. Yeah, it takes over a bunch of different. There's different 
uh, strains of it, but yeah. That because that one is a a, fun, a fungal thing, right? Yeah, it grows over the brain and, and takes control. Yeah. Yeah, I think the um, the one that gets into snails is not. That's a parasite. I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah. In combat, the zombie's turn comes immediately after yours. It obeys your mental commands, and only the only action it can take is the attack action, making one melee attack. You can use this feature a number of times equal to your rhythm modifier, and you regain all its 20 uses of it when you finish a long rest. But yeah, you can get into a dungeon with a couple of these guys and probably make it through the whole dungeon, you know, until they die, but then do it again. So we got uh, the zombie stat block is medium undead, neutral evil, armor class 8, HP 22. Mm. Speed 20 feet, mm-hmm. uh, strength 13, dex 6, con 16, intelligence 3, wisdom 6, charisma 5, with a plus 0 to wisdom saving throws. Why list it if it's plus 0? That doesn't make any sense. Oh, is that still negative 5? Oh, yeah, you're right, because the, the wisdom score is, is minus yeah. 2. So yeah. it's actually just going to level that on out. Mm-hmm. Um, so the damage immunity is to poison, condition immunity is poison, 60 feet of dark vision, pretty good, carrying crawler, uh, passive perception of 8. Uh, understands the language that new in life, challenge rating uh, quarter. Undead fortitude, if damage reduces the zombie to zero hit points, it must make a con save throw, DC of pl- five plus the damage taken, unless the damage is radiant or from a critical hit. On a success, the zombie drops to one hit point instead. Uh, slam attack is melee weapon attack, plus three to hit, reach of five feet, one target. Uh, it's going to do four or one D one D six plus one bludgeoning damage. Not bad. I mean, another... Yeah. It's another body on the field. It's a, it's, it's a meat bag. Yeah, right. It's, yeah, you can send it ahead of you to scout, like not scout, scout, but to like, like canary, like a canary down the thing. See yeah, if it dies when it goes down there. I just throw torches. <laughs> oh yeah, there's that too. But you can send the zombie further and be like, zombie, I need you to walk 200 feet that way and then walk back. And I if need it you doesn't come back, you know something happened. Yeah, walk 200 feet that way and throw this torch as far as you can. <laughs> or that. <laughs> so at level 10, you get a feature called spreading spores. Mm-hmm. You gain the ability to seed an area with dead. Deadly spores. As a bonus action, while your symbiotic entity feature is active, you can hurl spores up to 30 feet away where they swirl in a 10-foot cube for one minute. The spores disappear early if you use this feature again, if you dismiss them as a bonus action, or if your symbiotic entity feature is no longer active. When a creature moves into the cube or starts its turn there, the creature takes your halo of spores damage unless the creature succeeds a constitution saving throw against your spell save DC. A creature can take this damage no more than once per turn. While the cube of spores persists, you can't use your Halo Spores reaction. So you're just kind of like, you're ranging out your Halo Spores. Yeah, I like the language here. Uh, hurl Spores up to 30 feet away. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hold on, guys, I'm going to hurl my, my spores. spores. Yeah, seriously. I'm just, oh. <laughs> oh, God. Frank, that's so gross. <laughs> Stop it, Frank. Stop hurling your spores everywhere. Nobody wants to see that. Put those F- back. Fungal Frank. Um, <laughs> so the final feature you get, at level 14, it's called Fungal Body. Mm-hmm. The fungal spores in your body alter you. Oh, no. Great. You can't be blinded, deafened, frightened, or poisoned. or And any critical hits against you count as normal hits instead unless you're incapacitated. That's cool. Why? Like, okay, hold on. The blinded, deafened, frightened, and poisoned, I get it. You're a fungus now. You're not even a person. You don't need eyes for you are are fungus incarnate. You've achieved the ultra instinct. Why crits? I mean, that's awesome. It's a really nice feature. But why why do crits not ca- only count as normal against you? They can't get through the shrooms, man, <laughs> with their stabbies. No, and it, their flames. May, okay, maybe it's because you don't bleed anymore. For you are fungus. Your body hardens when you are attacked in a specific location because you've achieved fungal instinct. <laughs> it's like ultra instinct, but it's just mushrooms. It's disgusting. <laughs> You want to talk about your character? Yeah, I do. Give me, <laughs> Here, let me, uh, give give me, me this let's tablet, tablet swap. So you yeah, you don't it. even need this tablet. No, I don't. We got tablets now, baby. Yeah, we're coming up in the world. Oh, my stickers. Oh, oh, oh no. no. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, sorry. Okay, anyway. So you built a character today in front of me, in fact. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're recording these on a, on a day, not our normal day. Record, it's yeah. been wild y'all. Uh, yeah. but don't worry. We here and we built a good, a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're still on the formless. Let's go to tools. Uh, no, I don't need to build a character. I need to go to collections. My character D and D beyond is really cool, but I should really sit down and spend like a lot of time with it, uh, to not have these hiccups during, uh, recordings. <laughs> There's the, f- there you are. Sporman. Oh gosh. I see I you Sporman. Okay. So, um, I tried to figure out like a gender neutral thing for this name and I, I couldn't and then didn't want to anymore. So I got Sporman here. <laughs> uh, so Sporman is a goblin, mm-hmm. uh, level five, 
Uh, didn't always live in the Underdark, but do now. <laughs> Probably <laughs> fell down there or something. Yeah, I can see that. Hell yeah. Um, so conceptually speaking, uh, this is this is slightly rushed. This is kind of cobbled together and has elements of the thing Will told me about before we recorded today yeah. and that we recorded today. That happens a lot. Kind of just in there. So stop telling me about your character. I won't, I won't <laughs> cop a feel. But I get so excited. It is cool. Um, <laughs> So th- there are some things I'm going to spin it as as much as I can. But basically, the story is that uh, Spore Man used to be a poor man, um, uh, just no. a poor goblin, and mm-hmm. uh, basically got fell into the Underdark, got stuck in there, um, ran into a Mykonid camp. Okay. You know, let's get in with it. Just really got involved in Underdark stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, so somehow he integrated with Mykonid society because he had no other choice and he decided to be beneficial to them and they're like okay we'll let him live here yep and then started huffing the hash that those oh. mycanids put out and oh, started getting zuctimoy visions so oh. this is a, oh we're going evil with this this is an evil okay. um <laughs> uh, you built an evil guy i'll build I, an evil guy so there's right. the first one the second one is i picked uh alkalite um because it oh, really alkalite, yeah. it really got into the zuctimoy thing without yeah, knowing you want because cultist you're Z- going more cultist i'm going more cultist. i went with eco terrorists i wonder if there's a cultist background somewhere that i didn't look i don't know but there should be if there's there, not. There I mean, I think Acolyte is. fits. So, Acolyte yeah. is kind of like, you what know, would you give cultists that Acolyte doesn't have? The word cult has a negative connotation, but lots of things that you think are normal are cults. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so <laughs> this is a this is a solo druid Acolyte culty dude. So is, is Zuckmari like trying to get in with this guy so that then he can infect the Mykonids and then she can take over the tribe? Yeah, but I think, uh, I know she gets confused or like, uh, not confused, but like kind of puts up a front what things are and aren't. Yeah, she pretends not to be herself. So this, I I, I want to grant you, Sir uh, Sir Goblin, poor man, mm-hmm. uh, the powers of the element of earth. Because that's okay. like her thing, right? Sure, the yeah, elemental evils, yeah. uh Koi, yeah, uh, yeah. ruse thing that's they got thing, going yeah. on. Uh, so Spore Man roams the Underdark. Uh, what kind of mount should Spore Man have? Because I carrying crawler. Yeah, we just did that, we just and we are that. going Underdark, and that's what I used that episode to inspire yeah, this character. Yeah. So and maybe he—it's not so much that he tamed it; it's that Zekmoy gifted it to him. Oh, that's yeah, cool! So, like here, I yeah. uh, what's he called? His carrying crawler. Um, cuddles. <laughs> that's pretty good. I like cuddles. Um, that's good. That's good. Do we have any more? Because I got Spore Man here. Um, oh. Sporeman and oh, I got nothing, man. Sporeman and Cuddles works for me. Uh, <laughs> Sporeman and Cuddles, it is. Cuddles is carrying I crawler. I almost went uh, f- uh, fungal worm or something like that. I yeah. wanted to try and use something else. Um, it, I know that the pun squad is going to show up on YouTube. So, yeah. so what? Not at home, boys. What is Sporeman and his carrying crawler doing on a daily basis? What's the mission? Uh, fucking spread the spores. Spread the spores. I guess they're hurling spores thirty feet at least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe she's just got him on an infection duty. Like, yo, just crawl about the underdark and spread my love. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's systematically use Sporeman. With uh-huh. this this sick mount that uh-huh. can crawl everywhere <laughs> yeah. and can avoid probably avoid yeah. danger. She's just having Spor- him terraform. Spore man is alive because of the carry on crawler cuddles. Okay. That is like without cuddles, Spore Man is just a level five <laughs> character in the Underdark alone. I just want to know why Zuckmoy chases goblin amongst these Mykonids. Demon Lords don't make sense, man. We were talking a lot about Demon Lords we before were. we started recording. They They're don't crazy. make fucking sense. They're crazy. They need all of the help they can get. And, and that's true. And that's the mushroom true. kind of like thing that that Sporeman happened upon. Mm-hmm. It, it well did did Sporeman did Sporeman infect and basically kill his village? Okay, I think Sporeman is like a, a refugee of some sort of battle uh-huh. and got trapped in the underdark. Yeah, I got and that. And then used all of the Mykonids there to make their super special Zuktmoy power demonic infused. Uh, mushroom armor. Yeah, so he did, he he destroyed them. Then. He probably destroyed yeah. them. He probably and lit- then as gift she gave him cuddles and told him, "Yeah, spread my spores, destroy them, eat them, huff their juice." Ugh. And um, <laughs> it's and horrifying. W- and the big one in the back that rules over them, sort uh-huh. of. Uh-huh. I, they have like a leader, right? Yes, I kind of remember that. They do wear him. Oh, <laughs> my God. Yeah, put him on. Sporeman's gruesome. Sporeman like, is gruesome, and um, the the armor is an old Mykonid yeah. that uh, Zugtmoy has hardened. I feel like energy. Sporeman has now become this, like, Sasquatchian-type, 
legend urban entity of the underdark yeah. that the drow tell their children about you know we got to be good or spore man will come for you the spore man will come don't leave the don't don't go past so and so street because spore man wanders the streets at night finish your food because if you don't it will rot in our trash can and, and spore, spore man will come ca- for it spore man and cuddles will come yes and you don't want that He's, he's and they a, show them a picture. He's a children's folktale. There's a folk, I love there's, it. A, there's a village where they commission the 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 town bard artist to uh-huh. draw a spore man, a, a spore man yeah. carry on crawler combo. Absolutely. Uh, but it's real and it's yeah. in the underdark. Yeah. It's as real as I want it to be. Yeah. And this is my podcast, so <laughs> well, our podcast. Yeah, but no, it is also your podcast <laughs> yeah. as well as it is my podcast. That's right. <laughs> um, so. Uh, spore man takes a long time to get from place to place because he's busy sporing. He's always riding the carry-on crawler to travel. But so, how does he feed Cuddles? Cuddles got to do its own thing. Um, so that's why it takes time for them to get from okay. place to place. Yeah. Because one day it's got to do Sporeman stuff. And then one day it's got to do Cuddles stuff. That's true. How okay. often do the Cuddles eat? Once every few days. Once, so it's cool. Like, yeah, it works. You know. They'll do the sport. They'll show up at a Mycenid territory, and yeah. uh, and basically that's the ground zero. It's like we got to get all the mushrooms on board. Okay, uh, we got to obliterate them and turn them into the Zuckmoy style. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe where there were Mycenid uh, um, civilizations, there are now like Zuckmoy um, incursion portals beginning in the Underdark. I like that. That's yeah. super dope. I, Sporeman ended up way cooler than I thought it was going to be. I knew that Sporeman had a lot of potential. Yeah, we just had to get there. We, and we did. Figure we out got there. Man's ar- we figured out Sporeman's armor. Yeah. We know Sporeman's mentality. He, wears... he, he low-key is like a druidic, but is a worshiper of Zuktamoy unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I don't... Is it unknowing at this point? I think it needs to be oh, for, okay. for, who I, for who I need Sporeman to be. Okay, who do you need Sporeman to be? Exactly where, I'm My, just okay. Throwing... This is the what I this is what I'm thinking. Like, sure, it might have been, uh, un, unwittingly at first, but once Sekmoy gets her fungus in you, your will becomes meaningless. Okay, you serve her at that point. Uh, it might uh, it might not be there yet because I'm okay. only level five. So maybe that maybe that fungus growing in will conceptually spore man is a train. Yes, moving towards the Absolutely. end of this episode, which is going to be about forty to forty five minutes. Yes. And I'm just throwing track down as fast as I can. I think we arrived. And you're bolting it together yes, with me. I'm doing we're my just, best. We're just fucking like cartoon characters. I mean, I think we're there. He's the folk legend that roams the Underdark infecting everything. He's not even a train. It's a pump car. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. A hand Absolutely. Car, I think yes. is what they call them. Uh, um, but yeah. You want to go over stats? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, I dump statted con because that's fucking hilarious. Okay. So uh, strength zero. Uh Dex, oh, we're going big numbers. Strength 10, Dex 14, Con is a 9. Intelligence 14, uh, Wisdom 16, <laughs> Charisma 14. So I really wanted those back three stats pumped. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took the ability score. I, I built a level 5 character. I normally build level 10, but this is a rush job as we just uh, cool. we just kind of went over. So uh, I pumped uh, Wisdom and Charisma for my ability score. Mm-hmm. I took Standard Array, did, did all that. I think for Goblin, I get like... All kinds. Of, I'm not going to go over goblins today as a race. Um, that'll probably be. They get like nimble escape and a few other things like that. Yeah, they make great rogues. Um, I did not build a rogue. No, you did not. <laughs> I built a druid. Um, but the dex is not bad. I picture if I was going to give it, let's homebrew some armor for him. So it's going to bump his uh, AC. His standard AC is going to be probably like a 15 or a 16 at the end of the day. Okay. Um, so not bad. He needs it. Uh, the weapon, though, man, the weapon. Is it just spores? Am I just throwing spores out and doing magic? Like, um, it depends I... on how gruesome you want it to be. Like, So he, he sounds like he's a spellcaster. Mm-hmm. So he has a focus, right? I mean, he's wearing the body of one of these Mykonids. I mean, he could have captured the head of one of them and uses that. Spell like, Spellcasting focus yeah. is the head of, it's several heads of Mykonids yeah. smashed or, together. Rather than a staff, he's got like a giant long like mushroom staff. Okay, yeah, that's cool. I, I like that. It's yeah. just a big long st- mushroom. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> what are those ones that you put into? Um, they're they're really long like that. You use them a lot for cooking. Um, I don't. Just know. getting into cooking mushrooms. Oh, I can't okay. remember the name of these ones yeah. though. I got Not like a portobello. Far- but. No, I got like a farm fresh box, and they were like, "Dude, try these out." And I put oh, them yeah. in some pasta. Mm-mm. Yeah, I can't I remember do, their name. I do love mushrooms. Uh, okay. Uh, I took uh, proficiency in animal handling, so I could have like this mount thing kind of yeah, going on. Like it. Um, 
Yeah, like I'm just standard spells. I'm not really too worried about magic. All the magic of Spore Man is demonic, and he's throwing mushrooms and doing his aura thing. Sure, mushrooms. Uh, mushrooms grow in the wake of the Carry On. That's how I figured it's yeah. happening. As he's letting off his spores, it's feeding off the slime. Yeah, he just uh, collects like a sack of spores and he's mm. got it on the side of the carry-on crawler. And when they hit a bump, a bunch of spores fall out. Yep. That's it. There we go. <laughs> All right. Is that Spore Man? That's Are we done? That's pretty much Spore Man. Is okay. there anything? I, I Let me make sure there's not something like important I missed about Spore Man. Um, I don't know. What's Spore Man's hair look like? I don't know. He's inside a suit of myconids. So. It doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. It, it never mind. stopped mattering. He has a toothy mom. He's just got like a mushroom forest on top of his head. Yeah, I pictured one big one, but a little... So he's like, Toad from Mario. Yeah. Okay. But less round, but less, more flat. Okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? Like an okay, Alice sure. in Wonderland style. Okay, sure. Like the big... You know the caterpillar when he's laying on top of stuff? Oh, man. I don't even remember. There's a big caterpillar. It's well, I know, I know the, I know... <laughs> he's riding the caterpillar from Alice Spore in Wonderland. Man's name before Spore Man <laughs> and Poor Man was <laughs> Alice. Okay, sure. And Caterpillar Genie. See a genie? I think his name is, it starts with an A, and I don't remember what it is. It's okay. Absol something. Anyways, are we done? That's pretty are we done much with Spore Man? Man. Okay, then let's get ready for our long rest. Okay. My God. Hey, everybody, welcome to the long rest. We made it to the back. You guys ready to build beholders? Well, a beholder. The beholder we've been building We're for several We're still working on episodes. the first one. We're getting close to being done, though. What is this, feature, feature beam eight, seven? The list is up. Because last episode we had the list up. So how many episodes we got? We got one, two, three, four, five, six. So this we're will be on our seven. seventh thing. Okay, so we're getting close to the end here. We only got two more, three more episodes. Eight, nine, ten. Yeah, three more episodes after this of building of building our first beholder. Yes. this isn't the end. No, no we're gonna build many beholders this we're, year. But let's and then we'll make them talk fight. about the eye beam and the physical feature that they're gonna get this episode. And I chose the eye beam. And we're going with a transformation ray. This ray hits you, makes you make a constitution saving throw. And if you fail, you transform into the beast of this beholder's choosing. Nice. So turn you into a squirrel, a, mou- a mouse, a goat, so on and so forth. And if your name, if you're in the party and your name is Tobias, he has to turn you into a hawk. There's no negotiating. And if your name is Tobias and you get turned into a hawk, you are a hawk forever. It's not. I picture when this. I picture when this beam blasts out. You know what you hear? You don't hear like like a like a laser or anything like that. You hear the drumming of Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> a fucking lion appears yeah. in your house, yeah. and you, you all go. of a sudden you're a, you're a goddamn rat. <laughs> yeah, there exactly that. That's what happens. You're a goddamn rat. Okay, okay. you want to tell about the physical feature, which I, do. I don't know how I feel about. It's uh, inspired by the worm from Alice in Wonderland, who is named Absalom. And um, it, who is the inspiration behind the Carrion Crawler? I like how Carrion Crawler got two got, in. What got, is this? And I gave the Beholder two Carrion Crawler features, technically the he eye did. and the stocks or whatever. He did. But um, I it was a little regretful upon wanting to do this bit, but because uh-huh. um, I could have picked a physical feature like uh-huh. the antenna or whatever for this, uh-huh. but no, we're going to go with the hookah. <laughs> the Absalom smokes in Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, let's talk about aesthetics because uh-huh. it's the most important part. Yeah. The eye beam associated with this episode, so the um, transformation, the transformation right. beam, yeah. uh, in the beam, wild shape. It's a wild shape beam. It's a wild shape beam. So yeah. on the wild shape beam, this this eye stock comes up, does a loop de loop, so it can hold the hookah. So the hookah is like set in this wrap, mm-hmm. and then the eye beam continues onward. Oh, and okay. the um, the hookah like hose or whatever. I'm not very experienced with hookah sure? it's a hose i'm pretty sure i think it's some it's a hose where the mouthpiece is you do mm-hmm. the you do the suck mm-hmm. and uh it dangles and um the it has to like swing the hook into its beak mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then it kind of like closes oh god the beak. it's got a beak yeah it's closing the <laughs> beak around it it's probably made of like really tough ceramic this or thing whatever, is a metal. fucking horror show <laughs> it's smoking hookah and it's blowing like letters of the alphabet and circles out yeah there we go all right <laughs> So we got a contest going on. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're giving away two copies of the Candle Geek Mysteries, which is a new, um, what do you call that? It's like a, um, not a variety. Well, it is a variety, but when you have like a series of short stories, what's that called? Novellas? No. Or, uh, well, that would be a series of novellas. But A it's, series of novellas. It's a compilation book. I mean, Stephen King makes a 
those fucking left. He shits those out. Yeah, I don't know why I'm struggling to think what they're called because uh, I like those types of books. But anyways, yeah, it's like a um, a conglomeration of multiple small adventures, all mystery themed that you guys can run for your campaign. If you want to win a copy, you can uh, enter the contest on Twitter or Instagram. On Twitter, all you have to do is share a link to an episode of one of our shows with the hashtag DungeonCast. We'll get you added to the list. And on March 16th, we're deciding a winner. And Instagram has rules as well, which Brian knows better than I do. Anthology. Yeah, it's an anthology. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it is. I found, what is a book of short stories called? In genre fiction, uh, the term anthology typically categorizes collections of shorter works. Yeah, it's an anthology. Okay, it's an anthology. Um, Get on the gram. Don't be scared. Get on there and find the dungeon cast. Follow them. Like the posts associated with the contest. Start tagging people. Separate comments, please. That'll get you an entry for each comment. That's it, baby. And we're giving away both on March 16th, so you, you got a couple weeks left, but we're getting close to the end. Keep your candles mysterious. Get some art, <laughs> alternate artwork of this book and uh, and become one with the Dungeon Cast, the way that so many of our contest winners have. We've absorbed them. They've become the show. Indeed. Um, Patreon, hit us up if you want to not just tell people about the show, but support us monetarily. We do lots of cool things with that support, including make new shows like Super Quest Saga. And uh, we've got a couple new things in the pipeline. We are going to um, upload early episodes the day we're recording this. There'll be a couple in the bank. We're going to do a couple more in a few days. Don't worry. It's going to be okay, everybody. Um, That's mostly for current patrons. But if you want to get in there, you can check out show notes and early episodes ad-free. You can check out live plays, a lot of comedy stuff, and uh, exclusive merch. There's all kinds of things. Basically, patreon.com slash dungeoncast is going to tell you everything you need to know. Get in there. Uh, Get great or whatever. Uh, what, uh, what else? No, I think that's it. Nada. Nothing. Let's call it a game. Let's call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye. The Dungeon Cast. (laughs) You know, there's times where people in the comments accuse us of, like, smoking. Before the show. Oh, and yeah. And I always wonder why, because we certainly do not. <laughs> <laughs> or I, I mean, at least I certainly do not. Yeah. But this time, looking at myself on the camera, I'm like, I see exactly why they think that. Oh, because it's like, like six I in the morning I'm for trying you? to stop myself from laughing, and yeah, my eyes do look red because I'm tired as shit. We're just having a good time. Yes. We just enjoy the show. Like, people can laugh without being high. <laughs> Anyways. They can also just be high and yeah. be laughing and do the show. <clears throat> Let us get in the mood. Yeah. Let's slip. get in the mood. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.